Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about how to plan a small private event at Walt Disney World. My guest today is Lauren Syvertson, who had a birthday party for two at Epcot after hours that was amazing, and I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. But I wanted to talk about this topic today because I get so many questions from people, especially former Disney brides and grooms who maybe want to do an anniversary party or perhaps they're people who aren't married yet and they want to do an engagement party, people after they have been married a while, they want to do a vow renewal, but they don't need to do a whole wedding ceremony and all of that, or they just want to have a family reunion or like Lauren, celebrate a birthday. So today we're going to talk about how you as a small group, you do not have to have 100 people, you can actually have a private event inside the theme parks at Walt Disney World. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I can't wait to have you share your story, but first I'm just going to give people a little bit of background on how this works, and then we'll go into all the different steps and talk about each one and how it was for you. Awesome. Great. So basically, if you want to have a private event at Walt Disney World, you need to pay for at least 10 people. And often when you call, they will right out of the gate, if you tell them, you know, the two of us, we want to celebrate our anniversary, they'll be like, oh, well, it costs $2,000 and you don't have enough people. But if you pay for 10 people, you can do it. They will work with you. So we'll talk about that when I get to the tips about when you're doing booking, about how to kind of get around that attitude that they sometimes dish out. So there are two ways to plan an event when you're not doing a wedding at Walt Disney World. One is to use Disney's catered events, and this is the team that puts on all the huge events and little events like you're going to learn how to do, or you can use private dining. Private dining at most of the deluxe resorts You don't see that done very often, but the Grand Floridian has this well-oiled machine where you can do a small private event for just the two of you on one of their balconies. So if that sounds easier to you, you can check out the podcast I did about how to organize one of those, and you can just call up private dining at the Grand Floridian to plan that. But if you're interested in something anyplace else, especially in a theme park, you're going to need to work with Disney's catered events. Now, if you are familiar with Disney's fairy tale weddings, you will know that there are actually some differences between working with Disney's catered events and Disney's fairy tale weddings. And we'll talk about those when we get to them. But the major differences are if you are planning this event to coincide with your wedding, you cannot use Disney's catered events to plan a wedding event. And if they find out that's what you're trying to do, they will make you go through Disney's fairy tale weddings. So you will not be able to wear your gown inside the theme parks. And they will usually tell you, you know, you can't have a DJ and dancing and things like that. But often what happens is maybe somebody elopes off property or they're just going for an anniversary and they don't need a whole vow renewal ceremony. And they're able to do a small function through Disney's catered events without getting them all riled up and, you know, saying, oh, you have to have a wedding for that. 
So now I'm going to talk about the private events I've done through Disney Catered Events just briefly, and then Lauren's going to tell you about the amazing one that she did recently so you can get an idea of just some of the things you can do if you're interested in having a small private event at Walt Disney World. We started doing this for our first anniversary. When we went back, we worked with a planner at Disney's Catered Events to, it was actually a surprise, so it was just me working. My husband had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Um, We did a fireworks dessert party at UK Pubside, which is a small location adjacent to the patio for the Rosen Crown in Epcot. And it has an amazing view of illuminations. And it's also very small. So because it only has a 10 person minimum and maximum, you aren't paying as much as if you tried to rent out some of the bigger locations. And as we're going to discuss, some of the bigger locations have guest minimums, so they're not even open to you. So after that, for our third anniversary, we did a little combo. We had a private cruise on a pontoon boat for illuminations and we picked that up at the yacht club dock and went into epcot for that and then the boat took us over to hollywood studios and we were escorted inside and had a party on the terrace at tower of terror and this was really fun because we dressed up in old hollywood clothes and they still had the music the area loop playing so we had the neat old hollywood music playing and i customized a menu based on some of the dishes at various restaurants but I decided not to actually get them. They can bring those in for you. Like if you say, I want Jico steak, they can bring you Jico steak, but there's this huge surcharge. So we just sort of did the Hollywood Studios catering team's version of the things that we liked. And they created this great light up cake for me and we got some photos and it was amazing. I was like, I don't think I'll ever be able to top this. (laughs) But that was before I heard about Lauren's party. Lauren, tell me a little bit about your birthday party that you planned for your husband. Sure. So... It actually, you know, it all came about a little, little bizarre. We were supposed to go on the Grand One the year before, and they ended up canceling it a couple hours before we were supposed to go out. And that was my anniversary surprise to my husband. So super bummed, had nothing else planned. And you just reserve that through calling like the play number. So there's not really a planner. There's nothing they can do. So this time around, I felt like I really needed to do something special, and I really wanted to kind of make it up to him. So I did some research, and I found all these events that people do, mostly through weddings. So I was a little confused because, you know, this isn't a wedding. But I was taken to the meetings, the Disney World meetings, which led me to catered events. So I emailed them, and like you said, they geared towards, you know, 10 or more. They can accommodate smaller groups, but they give you this outrageous price. And basically, if you say, okay, it sounds like they'll call you back. If not, then they (laughs) kind of, they kind of were just like, no, sorry. But I kind of just like okayed them to death and eventually got a planner involved. And our planner was awesome. And I like to say that a lot of the things were my idea, but they were actually his. I never even thought about doing something like this before. He, like you had your event at UK Pubside, he suggested that as well because it's great for such a small group of people. And I really, I really, really love custom things. And he really went above and beyond in kind of bending the rules, such as, you know, doing linen in that space, which is so close to the fireworks. So they don't necessarily like to do linen there in case something comes and lights it on fire. And he really, he made it really beautiful. And I really just kind of gave him 
all the power and we went through a couple different themes. We settled on doing like a villain theme for that. And they did this gorgeous centerpiece. They did a menu that I literally didn't even change the menu he gave me. It was so great. They had a chef there and they did this like they called it like this poison apple crisp and it was smoking and he cooked it right there. It was amazing. I wanted to do this beer tasting for my husband because he loves drinking around the world, which is something really great to do at Epcot. And we just, you know, we paid the bartender fee and he kind of sampled things throughout the night, which was great. And we did the fireworks and I still wanted to do something with characters, which you can't do outside. So it kind of has to be in an enclosed space. But we were kind of looking at where to do it. Originally, they had talked about doing something in Morocco in the little restaurant there, which ended up being our rain plan. And thank God that didn't happen because our planner ended up suggesting Fez House, which a lot of people don't even know exists. I didn't even know this place exists in Epcot before going there. And it's just the quietest place ever. And now we visit it every time we go because it's so amazing. And it's outdoors, which was really unusual because normally you can't have characters outdoors. And I mean, just the ceilings open and then there's this like little archway to walk in, which we kind of dealt with a lot of things to have to get it covered and private. And we did um, four characters there. They did, we had the cake there. And again, they just went above and beyond with this amazing cake. We, they just ran with this. Aladdin theme and they made a Cave of Wonders cake and it just came out it smoked it changed color and it was better than anything I could have even asked for that's great and that's what I find a lot when I'm talking to Disney brides often if you try to micromanage them and you're like here is this detailed drafted design I did of my cake and this needs to do that it won't come out as well as if you just tell them this is my theme and I want it to be amazing <laughs> totally I feel like that with so many different things I mean we plan and we do a lot of events. Um, you know, I turned 30 this past year. We did this penthouse party in Manhattan. And I just find if you don't have any expectations, they're really <laughs> like, it ends up being amazing. And even, especially with Disney, because they will exceed expectations. So, I mean, just to tell them what you want and then they just like, they really create magic. And that's what I feel like this cake was. It was just the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. That's fantastic. Okay, I'll ask you more about certain details as we go through the steps, but let's start with step number one. So you want to have a private event. The first thing you need to do is call Disney's Catered Events. You can either email them at meetings at disneyworld.com or call them at 321-939-7278. And as Lauren mentioned, do not worry if the person who answers the phone says, oh, it's going to cost you $5,000 and you have to have 20 people. You can just say, okay, that sounds great. Please connect me with the planner. And they will take your information down and then in a day or two, you will hear back from an actual planner. And that is when you can start to talk turkey. You can ask what the details are, what the prices are, what places are available, things like that. The only stipulation is that you must be staying in a Disney-owned and operated hotel. And I would say that there may even be exceptions to that because when we planned our last party, it was just a dessert party, but we actually ended up staying at the Four Seasons instead of the Contemporary because we liked it better. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Totally. It's a great property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's better than the Grand Floridian. <laughs> but 
they do have like a lot of perks through Disney. Right. So it's kind of attached to it, but kind of not. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can actually tell the Four Seasons, I want to plan a private event and they'll help you do it. So this is if you're doing it on your own. <laughs> so um, yeah, but don't worry and don't ask a lot of questions. It's the same as when you call Disney's fairy tale weddings. Don't ask a lot of questions of the first person who answers because they don't have a lot of answers. They may act like they do, but often they do not. So once you get past that, the gatekeeper, and you start working with an actual planner, step two, you get to choose your event locations. And this is basically any place that you can do a wedding, you can do a catered event. So if you already planned a wedding or if you have passporters, Disney weddings, and honeymoons, you already have all of this information. All the pricing is the same. The capacities, everything is the same. And if you don't have any of those resources, your planner can give them to you or I have some information. I have a whole page of photos of all the different event locations at Walt Disney World on DisneyTravelBabble.com. And then I have a page on some of the food and beverage minimums for doing a small catered event on that website also. Basically, the only place you can't do a catered event is the Magic Kingdom. They just don't do food and beverage events in the Magic Kingdom. The only thing you can do privately there is have a wedding ceremony. So yeah, I actually, well, UK Pub Side was a given just because it just seemed like it had the most awesome view of the fireworks you could possibly have. Maybe I'm a little biased by it now, but I just, I can't imagine experiencing a better fireworks view. I agree. They feel like they're just like on top of it. It's just like right there. It's absolutely amazing. And it's a really great space too because it's just perfect for like a small group. Even though like so it's right next to the Rose and Crown. That makes it a little bit less private and they cannot do any sort of privacy divider there because of I think it was because of space and also because any sort of fabric could potentially catch on fire because you're that close to the fireworks which is great (laughs) yeah totally and it's really you don't you're so into your event and the fireworks that you don't even notice the people yeah I have to say we've done two or three events there now and I've never felt like anybody on the other side of the fence was encroaching or you know sometimes they don't even see people that close to your event so yeah no definitely I mean there you could see in our pictures there's like a couple of people in like the way background but there's just so much that I think people those people were just like oh my god what are they doing over there like his <laughs> It's just, I think they came over to see it. I don't think they were even sitting there. Right, right. One thing to know about UK Pubside is that often when you ask Disney's catered events to use it, they'll say, oh, that's not a location anymore, or they have to get permission from the parks. It's one of these venues that I guess the park likes to hold in its back pocket. So you may get a little bit of pushback if you ask for UK Pubside, but I've never heard of anybody being told by the park, oh, no, you can't use it. Yeah, that's, I mean, we just had such a great experience with our planner that I just can't imagine that even happening. He, I think that he actually mentioned it to us because it was good for a small space, but you're right. Everything we had to go through, it wasn't, we didn't get immediate answers with anything because he had to always check with people. And so patience is basically a virtue when planning an event, because if you're expecting something now, you kind of have to wait a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so if you're looking into doing this, there are a couple of different types of fees associated with doing a catered event. The first is the venue rental fee, if applicable. Now, if you decide you want to do something in a ballroom at one of the convention centers, there's no venue rental fee there. But pretty much any place else, Epcot, if you do Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios, there's going to be a venue rental fee associated with whatever venue you pick. And one reason UK Pub site is so cool is that the venue rental fee there is only $100. 
Next, you're going to be responsible for a set of food and beverage minimums, and these are also tied to which location you pick. So like at UK Pubside, it's a flat rate of $250 now, but if you go to some of the larger venues like Italia Sola or UK Lockside, which is the larger lakeside pavilion at the UK and Epcot, there are higher food and beverage minimums. Also, if you decide that you want to extend the food service, there will be a prorated fee. So what this means is that a dessert party is generally only an hour. But if you decide you want it to be an hour and a half, you can extend it for free. But if you want the food service to go for an entire hour and a half, they will prorate the amount that you're paying per person for one hour and then tack that fee on top of it to extend the food service. Usually you don't really need to extend it because you have people getting there and milling around and talking at the beginning or you and your significant other. And then you eat and then the show happens and you're not even thinking about eating in those last 15 minutes or 30 minutes anyway. The other fee that you have to think about, and we'll talk to Lauren a bit about this, is if you want to have entertainment. So some of these are mandatory. If you are doing an Illuminations or Phantasmic party inside a park, there are going to be viewing fees of $12.95 for each guest who doesn't have admission. This is the other place where Disney's catered events differs from Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings because the weddings department now has a mandatory $10 per person charge for everybody except the nuptial couple, and they don't waive it. But with Disney catered events, if all your guests have annual passes or they have park hoppers or whatever, you don't have to pay this fee. So that is awesome. An optional fee would be a soundtrack fee if you're at a location where you can see the fireworks but you can't hear them. So that would be the marina at the Grand Floridian or the Port Cochere at the Contemporary. You can pay $500 for up to 50 guests to have the music, the soundtrack to the show, piped in. And the price goes up a bit if you have more guests than that, but we're talking about small events today. (laughs) Now the other thing you can add, depending on your location, is characters. As Lauren was mentioning, they can't be visible to other guests. So you would have to be in the park after hours. You would have to be inside, like in a convention center, or in Lauren's case, they found a way to do it with a plant wall and an enclosed courtyard. Then you will be allowed to have characters at your event. But if you're just having a dessert party in Italy and it's out in the open, they're not going to let you have characters come because then other guests are going to want to walk up and have their photos taken with the characters. So the prices for characters, it starts at $1,150 for the first character, and then each additional character at the same appearance costs $500. Now, if you want to space out the characters or you have two characters that can't appear together, then you would actually have to pay the $1,150 for each character in a set separate appearance. But usually when we're talking about anniversary parties, birthday parties, they're so short that you just have everybody to come together or one right after the other, and then you just pay the fee, the $500 for each additional on top of the first one. So Lauren, tell me about the characters you chose and what it was like to be interacting with all these characters when it was just the two of you. Yeah, so it was Aladdin-themed taking place in Fez House. So naturally, we had the the main four characters from Aladdin come, Jasmine, Aladdin, Jafar, and Genie. And I thought it was really awesome because we've never met any of them except for Jasmine before. And we're really big on characters. We try to go to all the meet and greets and try to find the rare ones. But unfortunately, we're never there during, like, Mickey's So Scary Halloween Party and all those times where they have the pretty cool ones out. So this was a great way to meet Jeannie and Jafar, and that was really, really cool. 
And yeah, it's so, it's kind of bizarre because they're there for, I think it was probably like 30 minutes and it's just the two of us and they have to stay in character. And it was so hot. I felt really bad for them in their (laughs) costumes. But, you know, they, they just, they always know what to ask and what to say. So it's never awkward. And we spent a lot of the times taking pictures and they admired the cake, which they thought was really cool. And it was, it was less awkward than you would think. (laughs) Okay. That's good to hear. Did you hire a Disney event photographer or did you just take your own photos? We hired an event photographer just because they came from, they went to both locations with us and it was just way easier because I didn't have to carry my camera around. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And Disney event group photography starts at, for a dessert party, they have a package that you can get. It's like $350 and it includes, I believe now they actually give you your digital images and one photographer, and then you can add extra photographers if you want more. You can also bring in an outside vendor. You just need to have them sign a waiver. There may be an outside vendor escort fee for that, but I've never been charged it by Disney's catered events. Yeah, I saw you, you've brought your own photographers before. Yeah, we're lucky because they're also our friends. So we're like, if we give you desserts, will you take pictures? And they're like, sure. Huge money saver. (laughs) Another thing you might be interested in adding to your event is transportation. Especially, you will be required to add it if you need to go backstage for any reason. So the cheapest way to add transportation is to pay $32 for a one-way town car or $40 for a one-way van. So that will hold up to eight people. So if you have more than just the two of you, you can get a van and then it's $40 each way. And that is a lot easier than getting a chartered limousine or a chartered minibus or anything like that, because you just pay for it to take you there and you pay for it to pick you up and they take you backstage, which is really fun. And it kind of adds to the excitement of the event. That's awesome. I kind of wish we did something like that, but we stayed at Yacht Club. So it was really easy to walk to Epcot, but I would have loved to seen like the backstage area and stuff. That sounds awesome. But that's also neat because then you can walk out and it's after the parks close and you have the park to yourself and you walk along that path and it's such a lovely walk. Yeah, it is. We had um, we had our our actual our event coordinator and we had a park guide meet us at the entrance and my husband has no idea. He thought we were just going to watch fireworks. So that was really and he's like, what's going on? It was pretty fun. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And that is something else that you may need. There is one event guide included in your venue rental fee, and that person will meet you at the entrance at the International Gateway or at the front of the park if you need to. You would have an event guide probably at any event, but they're especially crucial when you're doing an event inside the park. And then if you need additional guides, like if they tell you you have to have an escort for your photographer or if you have a larger group, those are $95 each. So then the other thing you can add, which I didn't really start adding until our most recent party, we did an illuminations party for my birthday, is floral and decor. And I think Lauren's going to have some great tips for us here. The standard stuff that comes with the venue fee is black linens or white linens. You get to choose. And and then uh, tableware. And they usually include like one votive candle per table. Now, some venues don't have any seating, and they can't guarantee seating. So even if you wanted to add seats, they won't let you. But you would ask your planner about that if that's an issue for you. UK PubSite is great because it has two tables right there, and the tables have chairs, so you don't really have to fuss with that. 
the actual floral and decor, all of that is custom quoted. So the sky is the limit. You can send them Pinterest pictures or you can just say surprise me. But you can see some standard options that they have set up for Disney meetings. If you go to DisneyEventGroup.com slash sections slash floral dash gifts slash hashtag and then um, I'll put that link in the post for this show also. And there are just some ideas. This is what a $25 centerpiece looks like. These are what you can get for $50. So that might help. But you may also not need it because you're at a fireworks show and you're probably going to be looking at the fireworks, not the table. <laughs> <laughs> so Lauren, tell me about the centerpiece that you did for the UK pub side part of your event. So I'm the exact opposite. I'm really into decor and black and white linens just don't cut it for me. They do have, you know, that standard table there and standard chairs. It actually killed me because I also wanted to bring in special chairs, but they were $400. And (laughs) in my right mind, I couldn't spend that. So we just kind of went with the chairs thinking, oh, they'll just be dark. It's okay. But they really, you didn't even notice it with the table. They did a really nice pin tuck linen and they did it red because it's villain theme. And I was a little nervous with the centerpiece because I let them run with it. And I'm really into flowers. But of course, Disney would never just use the cheap stuff. We had roses and calla lilies. And it was just absolutely beautiful. Our table was cramped because, of course, I wanted a very large focal centerpiece. <laughs> and they really they followed through with it. It just it was it was spectacular. It looked really amazing. And they did the candles part as part of it. They did a bunch of LED stuff in it. And it was just it was amazing. They did special napkins with a napkin ring. And then something else we added also were custom menus. And that was they did a really great scroll menu, which is now sitting on display in our home. It was a perfect keepsake. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, something that you can take with you. One thing to know about floral and decor for these is if the weather changes and you have to move, sometimes this changes. So I was super disappointed. We were going to do my birthday party at UK Lockside, which is bigger, and have a bigger table with the black and white striped tablecloth that I'd seen at one of the bridal showcases. And I adored it. And when we were moved to UK Pubside, the tables there were too small. And I had paid this fee for the tablecloth, and it was too late. I didn't get it. I didn't even get to see it. They actually ended up refunding me the fee because I was like, wait a minute, I'm not paying for something I never saw. But it is in the contract that, you know, if weather changes things, you're out of luck. So yeah, we actually really face that because so this took place in the end of August and we actually had the least crowded park ever because it was that time where that hurricane was potentially going to downpour and destroy Disney World this past year and um, he actually our planner called me the day before and was just like we might need to just move this inside what do you want to do and I was just pretty distraught, so I just, you know, kind of played the game of roulette, and thank God everything worked out. It was awesome, but it it would have been a total bummer because we had different decor also for Fez House, which, you know, is outside, so forget about Illuminations possibly being canceled, but we also might have had to move the whole Fez House thing indoors, which kind of would have defeated the whole purpose because it was just the perfect location. Right, yeah, so that's something you have to be prepared for. And then another thing to know is that some venues may require you to rent a plant wall. Lauren, can you talk about this? Yes, sure. So, you know, like we had said, your characters have to be hidden. They can't be outside, which this was a little bit of an exception because it was in a courtyard, but 
the courtyard pretty much has four walls except for this one little area. And originally they wanted to drape it. And if you've ever, you know, dealt with draping before, you know, it's really expensive, like absurdly expensive. <laughs> I think it was, I think they originally quoted for draping and this fog machine and ambient lighting. They wanted like over $1,500 for it. And they were actually really cool. I don't, they kind of threw in the lighting and stuff because there was lighting there and we didn't pay for it, which was awesome. <laughs> but so up until pretty much two days beforehand, I was begging our planner to please, please, please think of something else, anything else besides doing the draping. And something with Disney is when they do something, they do it right. So for example, they won't put an accordion wall up because something like that doesn't fit the space, it doesn't fit the theme, and it will look not right. And they won't do it. Similarly, how they won't do, you know, the wrong characters together. Everything needs to be perfect. So I pretty much begged and pleaded for something else and anything else. And eventually, about two days before the event, they came back with doing plants, these really large oversized plants. And they were, I think it was like $250 as opposed to the $1,500. So it, it was a breath of fresh air. It was amazing. That's wonderful. Now, another thing you can add to your event that Disney doesn't really talk about a lot, but it's one of the unique aspects of doing an event at Disney. If you're in a park, you can do what's called a ride mix-in. And this means that your group is ushered directly onto the ride, either at the beginning of its operating day or at the end of its operating day. So you would have to be, say, in Epcot, and after Illuminations is over, at least this is what happened for us, they escort you over to Soren, and you get to go in the back way, and then you get the theater all to yourself. This costs $15 per person. It has to be in the same park, so you can't be doing, like, a Fantasmic event and then do a ride mix-in on Test Track or something. And like I said, it has to be at the beginning or the end of the ride's operating hours. So sometimes if the park has extended hours, they will tell you that you can't do a ride mix-in, but it's always good to ask. The other thing, if money is no object that you can do, is a ride buyout. And this is where they keep the ride open just for your group. So you can go on it unlimited number of times. Nobody else is on it because the park is closed and it's still running. These start at about $3,500 for something small like Turtle Talk with Crush and go up to about $8,000, but it really depends. Like if you want the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, that is $17,000 because they have to pay all those performers. Wow. So I, I would suggest the mix-in. It almost always works and it's just as good. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last thing to consider is that there are going to be taxes and service charges and fees. So first of all, you have a 6.5% sales tax on pretty much everything, including the service charge. The service charge is 23%, and that's on all food and beverage and some audio. It depends on what it is. So if you have the Passporter, there's a page in Chapter 3 that lists how much tax and service charge is on various things, and it will tell you which audio that applies to. Then there's also a $100 bartender fee if you buy less than $500 worth of booze. So it sounds like, Lauren, you guys had to pay that because there were only the two of you. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing to know about that is they may even charge you the bartender fee if you're just serving one bottle of wine with dinner. So sometimes what people do, and I've seen mixed results with this, usually it's okay. Sometimes people will just toddle out of the venue and go around to the pub in UK and buy some liquor and bring it back in and nobody bats an eye. But then other people say, oh, the event guides cracked down and told my guests they couldn't bring in beer. So your mileage may vary. And then the last fee that you might get slapped with is a $50 small party fee. This has been in the contract for every event I've done, and I have never been charged it. Lauren, do you remember if you were charged that fee? I was not charged that. Okay. (laughs) So hopefully you two (laughs) listeners will not be charged the $50 small party fee. Okay, so let's talk about booking. You've decided this is something you want to do. You've looked up the different locations and found one that you can afford. When can you start? You can start contacting them probably, I would say, maybe nine months, maybe a year out, but you can't actually book until six months out. So you may not hear a lot from your planner until you get closer to that six-month window. Lauren, how soon were you contacting them? I probably contacted them a good 10 months in advance and you know, my planner was just really amazing. He was so responsive throughout the whole thing, but we actually never even, we didn't get a BEO or actually signed anything until maybe like two weeks beforehand. Yeah. It's a little loosey goosey, isn't it? Our last event, I think we got our BEO like two days before. (laughs) Yeah. Our, our original BEO was like presented in this gorgeous, like digital, like book with full of ideas and stuff. And it was amazing. And that maybe was like, a month before and then we kind of narrowed it down and we got our BEO maybe a couple weeks beforehand and that was it. Like I don't even know that we even, I know like you have to pay a deposit and ours was just so at the end that I don't think we even paid a deposit. The payment I gave was just the full payment. Interesting. Okay. Well, the way for my listeners, the way it's supposed to work is you sign a contract, which they call a catering agreement, and you pay a deposit that's based on the estimated event cost. And then you get what's called a BEO, which is banquet event order. And this is like the map or the Bible of your event. Everything that you want to have happen in this event, you must make sure that they've written it in your BEO. And they will put some of the costs right in the BEO, but they usually also send you a separate sheet that just lists the cost. So it's a lot easier to see how much everything is adding up to be. And then your final estimated payment is due two weeks before. Again, they seem to be a little loosey-goosey about this, but that's when it's supposed to be done. <laughs> and then <laughs> if you're owed any refund, like maybe you, you estimated you would drink more than you did, you will get that within two or three weeks after the event. So for us, we ended up owing money after the event because we we did the beer and we did wine and they just charge us like per drink bottles of water and they kind of just build us for that after. Interesting. Okay, yeah. And also if you maybe did say ice cream novelties, BOC, Bill on Consumption. Sorry, this is a lot of acronyms, guys. <laughs> but one of the things you can do is you can have them bring a little ice cream cart and then you just pay for the ones that you eat. And so that might be a case where if they estimated you would eat fewer Mickey bars than you did, you might end up having a little bit of a bill afterwards. So speaking of food, the next step is to work with your planner to pick your menu. Now your planner is going to send you some sample menus, but these are not set in stone. You don't have to have menu X, Y, or Z. These are just ideas. You can completely customize your menu. And then your planner will talk to the chef from the location where your event is and figure out how much it's all going to cost. So some ideas of things you can ask for, favorite Disney treats, like we said, Mickey bars, or if you want them to recreate Le Cellier's cheddar cheese 
soup or food and wine festival dishes. Our last party, we did a lot of the little bites, our favorite bites from the food and wine festival, or even family recipes. They can attempt to recreate those. So that can be a fun way to personalize the menu. What did you guys do for food? So we went to dinner beforehand. So we did just desserts. At UK Pubside, we did that really cool dessert that I talked about before that like smoked. That was kind of like the main really awesome thing. And then I basically wanted to do just like villain themes. And my planner called it um, the Sinister Cybertson Selection, which I thought was really <laughs> cute. And um, they did like this villain-inspired fruit display, which um, if you head to my blog post, you'll see a bunch of pictures of it. Everything was sort of family style. They did these amazing Maleficent-inspired cupcakes. They did horns on it. They did Captain Hook cheesecake. Everything had something to do with a villain. And they just, it was amazing. They're, the things that I maybe changed was just if I wanted like, a vanilla cake instead of like a chocolate cake or something like that. But they really came up with some really amazing ideas. And I'm curious because every Disney bride knows bring Ziplocs. They're not allowed to let you take food with you, but they always look the other way. Were you able to keep any of this extra stuff? Because I can't believe you were able to eat it all. So that would be, if I could change one thing, I probably would have done dinner there and some dessert because we were just so stuffed. We went to Yachtsman beforehand, which was amazing. And my husband had no idea, so I couldn't be like, hey, don't eat that. (laughs) So we were really stuffed. You know, we kind of picked at everything. There was so much left over. And then when we moved, we moved to Fez House after, so we couldn't really take anything with us. And at Fez House, we did the actual birthday cake. And they actually saved the box and let us take the entire cake back with us. Oh, great. And we, we had it sitting in our hotel room, which was kind of really funny because there was so much cake. Uh, but it makes a great breakfast. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> uh, and so that's the other thing you can do. You can order a custom cake. What's really cool is a couple years ago when we did our first anniversary, we had to pay a fee to get the Grand Floridian to make a recreation of our wedding cake because Epcot's bakery just was not up to it. But they have a real pastry chef now, and he is amazing. And you can order pretty much any kind of fancy cake you can imagine they can do for you. So if you're interested in more information about flavor options and designs, I have a section of my website about how to order a cake at Walt Disney World that has a lot of that information. The cake was something I was just so impressed with. I can't believe they do a cake like that. I mean, I know for my 30th birthday in the city, they charged me $750 for a cake. Disney's was $400, and it was so much superior, like out of this world. I just, I can't believe it. That's great. What flavors did you get? We did um, just like basic vanilla and chocolate because I'm kind of plain like that. (laughs) But the outside was just, I can't, it changed color, it smoked, it, it was unbelievable. That's fantastic. The other thing that sometimes people don't know is you can actually schedule a menu tasting. So if by some stroke of good fortune, you're going to be at Disney before your event, like a month before or a couple weeks before, they will actually take you into the kitchen of the resort or the theme park where your event is being held, and they will let you try out different things that you're considering for your menu. So we did this for my last birthday party. We just happened to be at Disney a couple months before for a bridal showcase, and it was so much fun to go into Epcot's kitchen because at our wedding, we were at a convention center so we just met in a ballroom and so we got to go into Epcot's kitchen and our planner was there and the chefs were so excited to share all the ideas with us and they had made these food and wine festival dishes that I swear tasted better than they do at the kiosks so (laughs) (laughs) I would highly recommend asking him for a menu tasting if by any chance you're going to be at Disney before your event 
I think I want to make sure I am now. Yeah, definitely. And they're free. That's the thing. It's included in the cost of planning. So it's a great That's idea. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so the last step, the day of your event. How does this all come together? So usually you either meet an event guide at the park or at the resort, or you go directly to the location if it's like at the contemporary or someplace that's accessible and you don't need to go backstage. Your planner, your event planner, will probably be there at the start to make sure everything is as expected. And there may be other people there too. Lauren, could you talk about your experience when you got to Fez House? Yeah, so we got there. We actually had a ton of people at our event. Even at PubSide, I think they were all kind of eagerly awaiting to get to Fez House. This is the first time they did something in that location. So our, our private event of two people had like 20 people there in the beginning, all taking pictures. I laughed because I didn't think we even needed the plant wall. There were so many people there taking <laughs> pictures. By the end, they they all, you know, they left and stuff. But it was just, it was really funny. It kind of felt like a, a celebrity and you had no idea why they're taking pictures. But then you realize like, look how cool this place looks. Of course they are. <laughs> That's great. And then when your event is over, they'll give you enough time to sort of take everything all in and then they'll gently suggest that it's time to start moving and they will escort you out of the park. But it's usually a really magical time because the park is closed and you get to walk through there with just your group. And it's really the kiss goodnight on the end of your experience. It's it's amazing. Um, our photographer followed us out. So we got some pretty cool pictures at the end, which is which is just awesome. And the the park music was still playing, which was it's just, you know, you're sad to leave, though, because it goes so fast. I, I can't believe this, like, two-hour event went so quickly. I'll bet. Yeah. So, Lauren, do you have any tips or advice for anyone who might be planning something like this? So, as I said before, the one thing I would do differently is don't eat before you go to your, your dessert party <laughs> because there's so much food and it's so good. I just think, you know, be really patient in planning. Don't email your planner 50 million times asking them. They know that you're awaiting something and they're usually waiting for the answer. And that's just, it's super important to, to not bug them, I feel like. I mean, they work so hard. And, um, you know, at the end, if you try to tip around Disney World, uh, most of them won't accept it. This is a little different with their planning. They will accept tips and they deserve it. So, I mean, you don't have to, but if they go above and beyond, I felt like they just deserved it for sure. Right. And just like at a wedding, the catering staff, the people who deal with food and beverage, they have a gratuity built in that you're already paying. But yeah, for your planner, as long as it's not your sales consultant, they are allowed to accept tips. And if you have like a musician or a driver for your transportation, yeah. of course, yeah, feel free to tip if you feel like they went above and beyond. Yeah, I mean, even bartender too. We had, you know, our own chef there concocting this special dessert. So, you know, you just, you like to take care of people if they do such a good job, even though it's, it is built in, but I guess it's a little different. So we're, you know, I'm in New, from New York. So we do, we don't consider like the service charge to be gratuity in a lot of places. So we do definitely like to tip people. So Lauren, you've done this really detailed blog post with lots of photos and pricing about your event. Can you tell my listeners where they would go to read that? Sure. So my blog is A Dash of Luxury, www.adashofluxury.com. And you can do the, what is it, hashtag, side slash, I don't even know, the how to plan a private dessert party at Disney World, which is kind of long. Or you can just head to the menu, click on the Disney section, click on Disney World, and it's right there. 
Great. And if you're interested in seeing photos of any of the event locations at Walt Disney World, you can find them on my site, DisneyTravelBabble.com. And of course, there's also information there about cakes and uh, a lot of other things related to planning a private event. So Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. I think this has been really instructive and helpful for anyone who's interested in planning a small private event at Disney World. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.